Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers, and today we're talking about our furry and fuzzy and feathered and, I don't know, scaly scaly friends. We're talking about pets, kids and pets. And um, gosh, we both had a variety of different animals in our our homes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought this would be fun because we have never talked about this. Never. Um, Having pets in your home or whether to have pets in your home when you have little kids running around is sort of something to talk about. And there's all different ways to approach it. Um, I think We should say off the bat, neither you nor I is like the world's most, we love our dogs, like my dog is my child type of people, but we both have I have to say something. Before I had kids, I was a total animal nut. Okay. Then I had kids and they kind of sucked up all that. Yeah. Like nurturing. I I would agree. I would agree. I also changed. Were you okay? Let's start with this. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm a cat person, excuse. and I can't. Me I, too. I can't have cats because me John's allergic, and so there's like a longing in my heart for a cat. I didn't know this. About I didn't you. know this about you. I know, and this is another thing that changed with kids because Brian only became allergic with our last cat, and so we actually did own a couple cats together in our early married life. And I am, I like dogs, but I am a cat person at heart. It shouldn't surprise us, right? We both no, like to cuddle and I know. watch TV, but neither of us has cats. This is fascinating. I know. It is um, fascinating. And, you know, growing up, I would have maybe thought I was a dog person more just because, I don't know, you play with them. And I always had cats. I always had two cats growing up. We always had two cats and a dog. I feel like every stage of my yep. life, two cats and a yep. dog. Yeah, um, and Pretty so good. the cats would like lay on me at night yeah. and I would lay perfectly still and let them just stay on me and I wouldn't even go to the bathroom or anything because I didn't want them to get off. And, but then we always had a dog and the dog was fun. You could take it for a walk. You could throw a ball, whatever. But I think having kids made me kind of over slobber yeah. and, and that. And litter. And, and, well, li- and people on – like things on you, like dogs yeah. needing you. That's when I think I like firmly turned the corner into cat person. Well, actually, you know, that's so interesting. I think I'm the opposite. I shifted more to dog person because – litter boxes and like the thought of cats walking around and even jumping on counters and tables, which mine used to do. And it didn't gross me out before I had babies on the floor. And now from like a hygiene perspective, grossed me out a little bit. So I think I've gotten more. Now, if you gave me a kitten and said Brian wasn't allergic, I'd be all over that. But I would try to probably have it like go to the bathroom outside or have the litter box like way out in a garage or something. Litter you boxes. Do, yeah, they're gross. And you do, there's a certain tolerance for things like poop. 
and pee yeah. and mess and things where they're not supposed to be that I think you just hit like a level you just max out on. Right. When you yeah, have you ba- can't babies have and one more thing right. that's going to throw up on the carpet. I do feel um, like now the older my kids get, though, the more I feel like I could go back in that direction. Like yeah. for a while I was like, nope. But I mean, we've had pets, but they haven't been my pet. You know, they've been like the right. family pet. I feel like I could have my own pet again, whereas for a long time I was just disinterested. So it's yeah. interesting. That is really funny. Okay, well, I did not know you that you were a cat person at heart, and I definitely am, but I have not had a cat in several years and probably won't. I don't know. I feel like it might be a fake allergy. Like, Brian might be lying because he was. <laughs> no, he, he is the type of person who has allergies flare up really randomly, yes. you know, like where you can't always trace it. And our second cat that we had together was not long hair, but definitely medium hair. And that's when it started. So I yeah. do feel like with the right cat. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you know, John and, and John's allergies have gotten better over the years. He used to be like, de- like you could not have had him in a house with cats 20 years ago. Right. He would have been miserable. Now he's really gotten to where he can tolerate certain animals. And so I'm not trying to push it or anything, but like several of the kids keep saying, what if we got a cat? What if we got a cat? So I don't know. Don't it think- could happen one day. Maybe. Maybe don't I'll have my own kittens? little, my own apartment with a cat in it. And I'll just Did go you visit get, the cat. You just have a cat apartment? I always wanted a, like a kitten, like a kitten foster, like a kitten rotation where I could uh-huh. just have kittens all the time. I used mm. to really want that. When we get together next, let's just yeah. like go pet kittens somewhere. <laughs> let's totally do that. We can go on a field trip. Let's, yeah, that is awesome. Oh my gosh. My, our first cat together we got from this family who lived way out in the Chicago suburbs and the litter had been um, found like behind a barn, which is basically like the best possible kitten scenario. So they brought them in and they were like bottle fed. And so we brought her home at like eight weeks or nine weeks, but I had pictures and stuff of this family. Like that's what I would do. I would bottle feed kittens. (laughs) That sounds great. And I remember having strays when I was a kid. I was also the kid that like the strays always followed home. Oh, like, so I would have like a little train of cats sometimes following me. My mom would be like, are you kidding me? Not again. So this episode is headed so many amazing places. I, I just, know. I feel like we should pause for any new listeners that so um, we're not always this quite this head random. Over, head over to the momhour.com if you want substantive parenting discussions. Otherwise, stay just keep tuned. listening. Just keep listening for more on kitty litter. Um, okay. So we've kind of talked about our, where we, how we grew up with pets. I think very similarly. I have to say one more thing on the dog versus cat person is this is one way where I've become my mother. Like my mom thinks cats are sweet and cuddly, but I just remember her, we had cats who would like pee in the house. And once a cat yeah. pees in the house, they, then they done. keep doing it on that spot. And yes. I just remember my mom feeling really frustrated about that. And she still let us have cats and she liked the cats as furry friends, but just feeling so grossed out and frustrated by things like, peeing yes. in the house or whatever. Um, and now I, that's kind of how I feel if I thought about having a cat is they're great when they're just cuddling with you, but some, they can be, they don't always, so, they don't yeah. always, yes. Uh, obey. All right. <laughs> they well, never obey, but they don't always cooperate. Yes, the exactly. Rules. They do what they want. Um, okay. So tell us about the creatures in your house right now. Cause okay. you have more than I do. So what we have our dog Moxie, she is about seven. We got her when Claire was about a year old. Um, and she is a German short short hair pointer, like purebred on one side, obviously. Okay. Her, that was her mom, and then yeah. her dad is question mark. 
we think, I mean, her face looks just like a beagle's face. So yeah. She's got this odd body. I mean, she's adorable. A very, very pretty dog. But she's got this, like, she's kind of fat right now. Uh-huh. So she's got this oddly squat body and her legs are really skinny. So she doesn't look comfortable. Like, I'm kind of feeling like she needs to go on a diet because she just doesn't look like she's supposed to be built that way. You know, right. like, obviously she's got this, you know, um, German to her pointers are very, like, I think, like, long-legged, muscular yes, dogs. Yeah, lean. Yeah, and very lean, lean. Like hunting dogs. Yeah. And she's kind of got this squat like beagly body on these like long uh-huh. legs it's it's odd and her head is like kind of like a little pinhead now but anyway she is the most chill dog like she what we got her from the humane society and uh-huh. the reason there was like a bunch of her in the litter and i liked her because she was just this like super submissive almost like passive aggressively submissive mm-hmm. but you'd walk up and she'd immediately flip over on her back and be like don't judge <laughs> yeah. me or you know don't reject me so took her a while to got to stop being quite so skittish her only fault is that she loves peanut butter sandwiches and she will steal one right out of your hand if you, you know, she's gotten a little less spry lately, but when she was right. a puppy, she would, you know, jump up on the table and eat peanut butter jelly right. sandwiches. She's a carb, like a carbaholic. Um, so that's been a little bit of a challenge, but otherwise she is the, the sweetest, chillest dog ever. So she's great. Um, we also have a hamster who is a long hair. Syrian, I think is the name of them. Um, they're so just kind fancy. of the, the ones you see at, you know, PetSmart. It's um, like a tan color and he is the cutest. He's got his own Instagram account, which is at, oh, cheese, yes. we at have not, cheese Hands. <laughs> we have not talked about Scotty Cheese Hands in a few episodes. So no, he hasn't awesome really cult. been, his Instagram has not been updated. He is a very bad social media star, but um, he's just so cute. He's just fluffy. He's like a fluffy little fuzzball. And Clara likes to talk about how the fact that he's only bitten her once, and it was like right at Christmas when we got him for her, and he's okay. never bitten her uh, since. So he is Clara's. I couldn't he remember. He is Clara's. So yes. Okay. And then we currently have a gecko, but it's not like a leopard gecko, like what you probably are used to seeing. It's um, it's a little guy, and it's a like a I don't know, jungle gecko. I mean, I don't even know what the what the correct okay. like a rainforest type gecko. So the cage has to be kept moist. So okay, really, oh, we've, okay. We've had leopard geckos before, and this one's more interesting to watch because he's super fast and funny, like, and kind of funny looking, but you can't really hold him because he's so fast, okay. you know? Okay. He could get and away who, very And where quickly. does he live? Like, which child does he? He's Williams. Okay. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. 
Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So Moxie is sort of Jacob's, but really is the family dog. Yeah. And then the two other pets belong to specific kids. Okay. I have so many thoughts and questions about these, like, you know, smaller caged creatures. Cause yes. I feel like that will be like the next phase of my parenting. Life. Right. <laughs> and that we, we pushed so hard on that as kids. We had bunnies. We, we never had a guinea bat pig. And, um, my mom has like a deathly fear of rodents. Like, you know how some people it's yeah. spiders, some yeah, people yeah, yeah. like she let us get, we had two rats at one point, which is pretty much like kudos mom. It's pretty much like her worst nightmare. And we had two <laughs> pet rats. And then later I had a pet mouse. And I feel like we just always used to really push to get these creatures and swear that we'd keep their cage yeah. clean and that we wanted we it so bad. And we'd play with it every day. And then we kind of did, or we kind of didn't. Them. Yeah. I did like my mouse. I thought the ma- the mouse was my, the rats were kind of nasty. Actually. I think we set them free in a field <laughs> after a few years. So and bad. See, I heard they make great pets, but rats. yeah. So how has this, how has this worked? Have you guys war- been worn down by requests or has these um, pets just been a natural decision making process? And did the kids take care of them? So I can go back a little further. Cause of course, over the yeah. years we've had others. So we also had a tortoise for a while. That was Isaac's, um, he was the forgotten pet. We also had a leopard gecko at one point who was the other forgotten pet. And early, early on, I think the kids had like, you know, Jacob and Isaac, when they were really little, had like two different hamsters, one of whom got free. We never saw him again. And one of whom got free and we did see him again, but not in a living state. So um, I will say growing up, I had a very positive hamster experience. My, My mom got a guinea pig for my brother and I for Christmas, brought it home immediately decided like within a day there's no way i mean they make weird no- noises they're kind of big yeah if they bite you i mean it really kind of yeah like, they, they can be sticky teeth. and yeah. she was like nope so we took it back and traded it in for two hamsters and their names were melissa and twiggy and <laughs> mine was a long hair and um my brother's twiggy was mine was melissa and john's was twiggy and they were sisters and we kept them in the same cage till they started violently fighting and then we split them up and just like siblings Yes. They apparently hamsters do not like to live in a cage together. So this was, it was nasty. Like we had to be like, they drew blood. So we had to break them up. And, um, so Melissa became mine and Twiggy became John's and Twiggy would sometimes break out of the cage and then fall asleep on my brother's pillow. So this is what these pets were like. They lived until they were five years old. I mean, these, I don't really think hamsters often do that. 
especially, okay. you know, that. I mean, I think their lifespan is supposed to be two to five, but you kind of know okay. yeah. most aren't going to. I mean, they were like five pushing six. They died of old age um, within a few weeks of each other, actually, even though they didn't live together anymore. And they were just great, great pets. So when I grew up, I really thought I would want a hamster. And, you know, the first two ones we had was just disastrous. I think because my kids weren't old enough to yeah. tame them themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was a little skittish about taming yeah. them. Like I didn't really want to handle them that much because I was just afraid of getting bitten. Um, so we waited, you know, a long time. In the meanwhile, then we had the leopard gecko, who was a very easy pet, just really boring. Yeah. And then the tortoise, who was another easy pet, but just really boring. And that's the that's yeah. what happens with boring pets. They're boring. Yeah. So everyone forgets they exist. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what happens. Um, and then this year, you know, the kids had been honest about getting, like, William really wanted a gecko and Clara really just wanted something. She just wanted a fuzzy pet. She didn't really care yeah. what. And we couldn't think of any great. And John was like, no, absolutely not. And I was like, no, absolutely not. And then a couple of days before Christmas, we were out shopping. And I said, wouldn't it blow the kids' minds if they got a hamster and a gecko? Like, wouldn't that just make yeah. their whole Christmas? And so we both kind of were like, let's do it. And so we did. And it was great. It went, I mean, they were so excited. Clara could not contain herself. And it's been great. She... Really tamed Scotty Cheese hands, and everyone helped. Like they would carry him around in their pockets, and you know when he was really little, and have him like up their sleeves, and yeah, he basically was just held from the day we brought him home. So he became very, very tame, and he doesn't get held as much now. Right, um, he's also gotten really, really fuzzy, and so he looks huge, but most of it's fur. So he's just like this big puffball. Um, but he's Is his cage in Clara's room. Or his... No, it's downstairs. I find that that's better. I need otherwise mm-hmm. I'll forget. I just need to be able to keep an eye on it so right. that when, you know, when I think about it, I can be like, oh, I'll give him some water or whatever. Um, but Clara, you know, comes home from school and she checks in on him every day and they will get him out and carry him around and play with him and then put him back. And yeah. So do they help feed and clean? Are yeah. they already pretty good about we that? We actually got these. I don't know why I didn't figure this out earlier, but we got these trays that you just <laughs> pop out of the bottom of the cage. Okay. So they have all the shavings and stuff in yeah. it. And I don't, I used to do like the hard thing, like where you'd have to dump the, like an aquarium out, right. and like scrub right. it out. Now we just have a kind of a stand, like a habitrail type cage that's a uh, uh, metal. Okay. And it has all the little doohickeys, like the little, yeah. you know, tunnels and stuff. And then it's just got like a little thing you pop in and out, which makes it so much easier to keep their cages yeah. clean. Yeah. And you know, they get a little smelly, but they're not too bad. They're not too bad. So, and the gecko's cage smells weird because a lot of it's moss. I mean, it's like a mossy like, right. substrate stuff. And it's moist. So it smells kind of like swampy. Right. But not – you can't smell it across the room. Like you have to kind of come stick your face up by it to smell it. And, the, and that's little, he's so too. little, he doesn't make a lot of poop, you know? Right. Right. So, and that's in the main area too, not in William's room. That's in the main area too. We have like yeah. a living – we have this sort of room off of our living room that has like the computer and, you know, just right. some random stuff in it. And that's where we keep them. Okay. Good. So what about you? Good to know. Tell me your okay, pet well, history. we are petless right now. So I've mm-hmm. mentioned a couple of times on this show. So regular listeners know. So we had a dog for 10 years. We got her. Um, so we had backing up to the cats. We had we got our first cat like the day after we moved into a shared apartment, Brian and I, I was so excited to have a pet because all oh, through sure. college and post college, you know, I didn't have any of my own pets. So we had one cat and then we added a second. Then we added the dog. I think the year we got married. Right. Yeah. Like after our honeymoon and stuff. And then a second cat. So before we had kids, at one point we had a dog, two cats, 
and a fish, which was just a fish. But I, that was when Brian was like, no more. If you want to have a baby, there's a one in, <laughs> one out policy. Like, there's, like, in fact, he's I, probably I, like, you got to get rid of two pets for every baby. Exactly. Well, and the fish died, I think, the year I was pregnant. And it was sort of like, okay, like I'm done taking care of, like we do, we need to like adjust the balance if there's going to be more humans here. Right. But we did have those two cats and our dog, we got the year we were married and she was a German shepherd, kind of like you were saying with Moxie. She was definitely half, she was definitely half German shepherd for sure and behaved very shepherd like, but whatever the other half was, was smaller and very lean. We mm. always like joked it was like a whippet or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know how that would work. But she sort of looked like a half-grown German Shepherd puppy her whole life. So she was about 45, maybe 50 pounds. She had the black and tan markings like a Shepherd, but she was very, very thin and not quite as furry as a Shepherd. Okay. Um, but behaved very much like a German Shepherd. She was a good, like, protector. She was never aggressive, but she had that, like, alert, like... Yeah, Moxie has that, ...do the perimeter and, like, check everything out. She was a great... She was so good with the kids. And so just, she was great. Her, her faults were, I was thinking about when you said the peanut butter, her downfall was meat. She wouldn't steal any food. In fact, she didn't clean up after my high chair babies, three babies in high chairs. Oh my gosh. She would like turn up her nose at all the droppings unless it was meat. So her, her like where she would steal, you know, beg, borrow, steal, like kill for would be like hot dogs, bacon, chicken. Oh yeah. So that was her, but, and she was a bark, she, you know, she'd bark at stuff outside and she was kind of a jumper. She ne we never properly broke her of that puppy jumping habit. Yeah. She was super friendly. She was never aggressive and she was easy around people and other dogs, but she'd jump up on you to say hello, which was when we always had little kids, friends yes. coming over, it was very, it could be intimidating. And it, for me, it was more like stressful because it's annoying to have a dog jump on you. And she was not a tiny dog. She wasn't huge, but she wasn't tiny. So but she was a really good dog. And she um, had a very short battle with a doggy bone cancer starting about March of this year, 2016. So she, we found out in March when she just started limping and, um, and she was 10 and a half. So she was old, but she not, not old enough to like right. go that fast. Um, and then we had to put her down in June. So it was a quick yeah. Aww. So we are, yeah. So we're, we're pet free right now. We are definitely. I am starting to like get puppy fever a little bit or start to think about adding a pet. And I think going back to what you were saying, um, is it's different when your kids aren't babies and toddlers anymore. Like we have a little more, <laughs> a little more room to think about yes. picking up somebody's poop or training yeah. something or cuddling something. And I always think, don't you feel like there are like, um, social media users like moms on Instagram and stuff who you can tell their kids are getting older because you'll start to see <laughs> pictures like, like yes. their cat curled up yes. on their lap. And it is, I mean, I don't think it's, it's not, I'm not making fun of it. It just is what happens. Like you no longer have like a human attached to you at all right. times. And you're like, Oh my gosh, look at my cat. Isn't it cute? So I feel like this next dog that we get, um, will be we'll sort get a of lot of mine. attention. It'll be mine. And, and yeah. I, you know, I, I'll be pretty bonded to it. I feel, and I do want to get a puppy. I know, I know there's big debates over rescues and puppies. And right now we're looking at the golden doodle labradoodle thing, which is kind of obnoxiously trendy and cliche, but my parents have one. It's an amazing dog. It doesn't shed. It's 25 pounds. It's like a really cute medium dog size. And, um, so I have experience with that breed, but I, I, you know, I can see both sides of the adopt and the shelter route. I just feel like, um, this is probably my kid's one puppy. Yeah. Like, you know how you have that yes. one puppy you remember getting as a puppy? 
this is with my kids' ages, this is probably this that puppy. It. Yeah. So, I don't think um, there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there's, there's different routes to everything, parenting yeah. and dog ownership. Now, I have to tell you, I forgot to tell the tale of, of Renly, who was our, who was oh, some yeah. kind of a doodle. I don't know. I don't think he was a uh, golden doodle because he's not as big as what you're describing. Well, they can be bred with all different sizes pood- of poodles, though. So a golden, oh. a, so so golden doodles and labradoodles can be bred the way they do it now is with all different sizes of poodles. So they're standard oh, okay. poodles all the way down to the tiny ones. Okay. And so, so yeah. that's what I thought he was. Doodle. Yeah. He, so he was the somebody, I mean, we did not have any, we already had a dog. We had no intention of getting another dog, but my, so Jenna's um, sister had dog had a litter and Jenna took one um early and it was adorable and then one of the other ones that they thought someone was going to adopt they didn't and so this dog was available and we got him around like four or five months old the problem is at that okay. age they've kind of already kind of gotten set yeah. in their ways he was with a bunch of other dogs all the time not as much with humans so it was like he kind of you know it was just it was a little late to break him and I'm not a yeah. super I'm not a really great um, disciplined dog owner. I'm not right. really great no. at training and stuff like that. I would be like, we're snuggling in my bed. And he loved attention and he was adorable. Like even John loved him. And John is not a pet person. John could take or leave animals, mostly leave. So <laughs> we had Renly for like a year and he was just really in like really, really high needs. And he would eat my shoes, but he would only eat like the same always the same um, foot. I can't remember if it was right or left. And I had a couple <laughs> pairs of shoes that I loved so much I ordered like another pair. And then he ate like the right oh, shoe yeah, of that pair again. The, oh, I think he was really, God. really smart. And I think he was just messing with me like all the time. <laughs> he started biting little boys' butts when they would come over, but then he would do it so fast you wouldn't even see it. And then the kid would be crying. And at the time I was watching um, a friend's little boy and another friend's little boy was always over. And it was just little boys. He had a thing. He didn't like men and boys. So he would just like bite him in the butt and then they'd be crying. I was like, what happened? And I, they couldn't tell me. And so we finally <laughs> caught him in the act. And then I think the last straw was he got up on my table, on my dining room table, looked right at me and pooped on my table. Oh my God. Like he was basically challenging me. And I was like, okie dokie. So <laughs> we looked around. I asked a friend who was an animal lover and I just said, if you know of anyone who has the attention, because I just realized. Yeah. I did yeah. not. And she would get Moxie so riled up. Like Moxie was such a chill dog, but she would just like jump on her head and bite her ears until Moxie would freak out. And the two of them were always tearing around the house. It was terrible. So we found this young couple who had just gotten approved to get a pet. And we brought Renly over there and they fell in love with him. And I just, I was going to like, you know, go check the house out and then come back. And they were yeah. like, oh, we're so excited. I was like, here, just take yeah, him. Just take him. I have his leash and food stuff in the car and I just thought it'd be easier we just drove away and it was funny because they would send pictures every now and then of of Renly and then one day I ran into the girl at like a bar in the in the public in the bathroom of a bar and she's like hi uh, you're Megan right and I said yeah and I you know I kind of recognized her and she said I'm Renly's new mommy <laughs> and so then she talked about Renly and how happy he was and how much they loved him and that made me happy because I know there's also yeah. a lot of controversy around rehoming and how that should yep. be a last resort in our case, I should have done it sooner yeah. because he was so much better off with the family, with the, the couple he ended up with. Um, he was not the right fit for us. And I don't know that we could have told that right away, right. but it right. you know became evident within a month or two. And I wish I'd just like, you know, I mean, I yeah. didn't need to put myself through that, all that stress for yeah. a year no, we, when there was we, a loving family out there for him. Exactly. No, I, I totally agree. We rehomed both cats actually at different times for different reasons, but, um, 
and then as Brian got more allergic, one of them we gave to my brother because she loved to be outside and she was a great hunter and he lived in this cool house on a hill and we thought he, he she could hunt scorpions as we were in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. and he did have a scorpion problem and she, he, she could go in and out. She couldn't do that in our neighborhood because she, she kept getting in fights with the neighbor cat. Anyway, so she did. We gave her to my brother, and then she ended up sort of becoming feral in his neighborhood because she liked being outside so much, and she wasn't super bonded to my brother. So we didn't think it through very well. But she was really happy. She, I mean, she had food at his house, and then yeah. gradually she just sort of, yeah. So that was not a great. I don't know. I guess you can't you can't beat yourself up over it. I think going into pet ownership mindfully is a good idea, but you don't know how it's gonna right end. I don't know. You're talking to the wrong person to make you feel guilty for rehoming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so hmm, where should we go from here? I don't I, I'm, know. I'm curi- well, I'm curious about, again, like the, the decision to get a new pet. And we maybe have talked about it a little bit, but because I'm thinking about getting a puppy, have you guys, when you've gotten a new pet, have you like, had expectations for the kids to walk the dog, be part of the cleanup, yeah. yada yada. It just kind of worked out. Here's the, here's the thing with that. I think you could have expectations, but I think you have to be really realistic that sometimes it's just going to fall to you, mm-hmm. and and that's just it's just going to have to get it done. I mean, you know what I mean? Like walking the dog. Yes, uh, William walks the dog. Um, she's really strong, like mm-hmm. crazy strong for her size. And also, I didn't mention this before, but She is a hunting dog of some sort, you know? Right. So she can take off, like, amazingly fast. Right. And I've seen her jump up in the air, behead a bird in the air, and, like, come back down to the ground with, like, the bird's body in her mouth. I mean, it's just crazy. She Once she gets the tear, you know, she's getting better. She's chilling out with age. But once she gets after something, she's after it. And so I can walk her, and John can walk her, um, and the, the teenagers can walk her. William can now walk her. The other two I would not let. So when we right. first got her, it was going to be Jacob's job, and he was only like 11 at the time. It was going to be his job to walk her, and really quickly I realized I did not trust you know, right. her not to drag him into the street. I mean, it was just too risky. So stuff that I kind of thought would end up becoming his job ended up really becoming you know, kind right. of mine. And we, Jacob and I did take her to obedience school together, and she learned a few things, you know, I mean, but I wouldn't say she, she didn't become an excellent healer. Right, um, right. Or anything like that. We just kind of learned to deal with with walking her and like what that had to mean and how atten- like how attentive you had to be and how you kind of had to just be paying attention because she would see an animal and go, she'd see a squirrel and go nuts. But she would just, you know, that was her instinct taking over. So right. things like feeding the dog. I mean, I don't, it's, we all just rotate that job. Whoever's in the yeah. kitchen when I say, hey, feed the dog, they do it. They brush her. Yeah. Um, but I still kind of have to manage it a bit because no one's yeah. really taken ownership of her. And I think right. – that's just kind of in our house. That's just realistic. Right. Maybe there's houses where it wouldn't be that way. Well, yeah. And I think there's, um, there's a lot of benefits to kids, even little kids to having an animal in the house. If you are, if you're not a pet family, if you can't have pets in your rental or whatever, it's not a big deal. But I think if you are, I think it doesn't really matter how the chores fall out. But Mm -hmm. I think if kids can, little kids especially can learn what it means to take care of an animal or yes. what it means to notice that the dog's water bowl is empty or that, you know, just, just sort of as a way to like recognize, have that empathy and recognize the needs of another yes, being. Absolutely. I always love, all my kids have had classroom pets in all their 
preschool and even younger elementary. And I always, and I think the teachers do a good job of, of doing that in the classroom too. I just think it's a good, as fast as we all move and as busy as life gets, there's something about that animal who depends on you for basic needs that mm. it's great for kids to be involved and aware of that, you yeah. know, however that looks. Um, I think sometimes we have high hopes that a seven-year-old is going to be more responsible than realistically a seven-year-old could yeah. be. Yes. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I, and I think for Clara, like the hamster is perfect. Um, right. The amount of care it needs isn't a lot. We can easily help with the cage, but she can take care of the food and water on her own. Right most of the time. And she's also had to get good about setting boundaries for like if her friends or cousins come over and they want to take Scotty out and she's not comfortable with, you know, what's happening. Like she's gotten pretty good about being vocal right. about that. And that's, you know, he, he needs to go back in his cage or like we can't walk around with him and that kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, you have to sit still and while you're holding him, that kind of thing. But I think, you know, a hamster is one thing and a dog's another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also it helps. I really think it helps that she was not skittish about holding him. I think had she been really skittish about holding him in the beginning, he right. would not be as good a pet as he is now. So right. that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, did you ever have pets when you had, when you were bringing home newborns? You didn't have a dog at that um, time, but when you were, ha- when you had little tiny yeah, babies, I guess we had like a, we had like a turtle and stuff. Yeah. But not, uh, no, uh, nothing, nothing I know that was out. A big, it's a big, um, can be a big concern of, brand new parents yeah. if you've had and that was more our like we collected pets and then started having babies so we had I think when Allegra was born we yeah like I said we had a dog and two cats and um it can be sort of like something you attach a lot of importance to like how is the dog going to get along or yeah. are there safety concerns and I don't know in my experience it was n- n- not that big a deal I think it is nice to you know introduce slowly especially if you have a pet who's particularly um, protect attached to you. I always felt like our dogs and the dog, my, you know, my parents' dogs and stuff, they, they feed off of humans Mm -hmm. like energy. So if they see that you love a baby, you know, they're going to probably love the baby. Having said that, you know, there's definitely, you know, your pet and there's definitely safety things to think about or strategies to sort of like introduce that new person I don't know why this is making me think of this, but did you ever read the book Socks by Beverly Clary? Yeah, but not since I was... Allegra read it recently or listened to the audiobook, but I don't think... I have amnesia when it comes to books. I read it as a kid. I just reread it not too... I mean, like within the last five years, and it's about a cat who is like the adored um, favorite of the house, and then they bring home a baby and... I don't know. It's just, you should read it sometime. Cause it's just okay. kind of like about that. Um, it's like, a, I mean, it's, it's an easy yeah. read cause it's a children's book, <laughs> but children. it's, <laughs> I don't know, like all those Beverly Cleary books from that time period just give me kind of little warm fuzzies anyway. Oh, totally. oh and, I love them. Yeah. yeah. And this one's a good one. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. 
Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full-body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Um, that also reminds me of, did you ever see that movie, and I can't think of what it's, it's like based on a book. And I think it had Owen Wilson in it, and it was about a dog. And the only thing well, I really re- Marley and Me. Yes. Yeah, I read the book Marley and Me. It's a great book. I mean, it's a, like really, really, you know. I don't even know that I ever read the book, but I did see the movie. And um, in the movie, there's this. I'm sure this also happens in the book, but there's a scene where like they, you know, they love the dog, and then they bring a baby home, and the dog won't start barking or something, and like wakes the baby up, and the mom is like. <laughs> freaking out at the dog and I remember having so much empathy for her because it was like ah like I know what that feels like even if it wasn't an animal for me but just like yeah some other thing like screwing up naps or you know getting in your way when you're trying to get all you want to do is just have like a five minutes of peace and yep here's this animal so anyway that was another that was a movie that I thought was kind of a good depiction of of that yes and yeah and the and the book too um Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I really, when I was kind of stretched very thin in terms of sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. and a lot of small children, you know, the dog bore the brunt of my mood because I was, could usually stop short of yelling, (laughs) yelling at an infant. Yes. But, um, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it happens. It happens. happens. Exactly. If you're, if you're, if you found yourself like flipping out on your dog and then feeling guilty (laughs) about it later. Or your dog used to be like your baby and yes. now it's just has four legs and eats and eats you know, and gets in your way a lot. Generic yeah. brand food. Yeah. yeah. That's part part of it. And then your kids will grow up and you'll want a puppy to treat like a baby and dress in outfits and stuff. Ooh, or so if it's your a dog of life. If your dog eats diapers. Oh gross. My sister's dog ate diapers. And I remember oh. like thinking to myself, I just could not I just could not handle that. There's just dog eats diapers. I mean Yeah. Yeah. That's a deal breaker. Deal are there any <laughs> are there any dog breeds or other types of animals that you could see yourself doing in the future or that you just like and haven't? I really like big dogs. Uh-huh. Um 
I don't think I'll ever have a big dog um, in, you know, I don't think John wants any more dogs. And I, I don't know that, like, I don't know that I would want to go through the training necessary to keep a big dog under control. I mean, they're big. They can really right. kind of own you if they want to. And, you know, they can do a lot of damage. So we had a great Dane growing up and I loved that dog. Loved her. I Maybe great one day when day. all the kids are out of the house. I don't know. Yeah, we, um, yeah, just recently we were at a dog beach up in Santa Barbara with my parents and I definitely look at dog breeds now more because I'm sort of in the market and I'm not, there's no Great Dane in my immediate future either, but there was a gorgeous Great Dane and we ended up talking to the owner and, you know, she was very knowledgeable about the breed and I, I guess some of the negatives you hear is that they don't live very long and they can have health problems, which is true. Yeah, she only lived about seven. She had some yeah. kind of uh, dysplasia of her hips, I think, yep. and I think she had yep. kidney problems, like a lot went wrong with her but she was man what a beautiful dog and just pretty chillax i mean she kind yeah, of, she had her own love seat that she slept on <laughs> and then she just waited for us to get home yeah they're, they're known for being really mellow despite their yeah. size and they're beautiful this one at the beach was so pretty so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it is it's fun to think about the different i grew up with golden retrievers and then a few rescue mutts but mostly bi- medium to big i never had a huge huge dog like yeah. not not you know 150 pound great dane or something like that but Golden retrievers are big enough and then some, some rescues. So, but now, now the dog my parents have and have had for about six or seven years is 25 pounds. And that's more the kind of medium size. That's kind of what you I'm go thinking for. of. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it seems kind of cuddly, um, just convenient. I don't know. Um, I think yeah, those I, are big dog considerations. I think if I had to go back and, and time, I mean, I love Moxie and I'm glad we have her, but if I had to choose again, I would choose a dog that sheds less. That is one yep. thing I will say that drives me bonkers. I mean, there's hair yeah. everywhere all the time. And she never really stops shedding. She doesn't stop in the winter. It just, it's a little bit less. Right. But, you know, it's the kind, she's the kind of dog where you like, you, even we use the Furminator, which is a, uh-huh. you know what those are. It's like that brush that gets the undercoat and then you yep. like press the button and the hair to sell us one pops then. off. <laughs> it's actually great. I love it. We use it all the time and she just, it just keeps coming. Like you pet her and like your yeah. hand is covered with hair. There was one sofa that basically I've just given up on because it was the one that we let her sit on. Yeah. And it's the weave is really loose. Oh, and that's right. so yeah. the, the hair just kind of like screws into it. So it's yeah. like a hair couch now. So when people come over, I'm like, don't sit on that couch. <laughs> that's the dog's couch. Sit on this other one over oh. here. Well, so, it's funny. There there have been some things that have been nice about not having a dog. And I can say that like rest in peace, Kona. But um, just the not barking. Brian and I will still kind of like do that automatic flinch when there's a noise because we yeah. wait for the dog to bark and there's no dog barks. You can leave like a chicken breast out on the counter while you go get yeah. something and it won't be gone when you come back. So yeah, and you it's can a, travel. Very, yeah, travel. Without travel having to worry about it. Pet sitting. Yeah. So um, I know I've mentioned on this show before that we use rover.com, which is like matchmaking, kind of like care.com. And I yeah. think you can use care.com for pet sitters too. But um so that was good for us the last year or so. Um, but yeah, finding pet sitting is just, it's just one more thing to do when you're one going out thing. of town. And we would always yeah. be like, uh, you know, getting ready and packing the car and be like, oh, who's going to take the dog to the kennel? You know, yeah. someone's got to yeah. do it. Yeah. Got to make sure you got all your stuff and like, it, yeah, it's. Yeah. And it's not cheap if you're no. going like a boarding or kennel or dog sitter route. Exactly. And then if you're asking friends and. You know, so yeah, it, we are kind of in this interesting space where there's some definite, simple, like we can leave the door open and yeah. she wasn't a huge runner, but she'd, 
you know, she, it was, I didn't leave the front door, the garage doors open while I was in and out doing groceries cause right. she might, you know? And so things like that, just like, Oh, this is simple. Mm-hmm. Life is simple with no yeah. pet, but <laughs> it is, it is simple, uh, but you know, life is also simple with no children. True. So and we have not opted of, for that route. No, we've all, we've both gone in the multiple child route. So yes. yeah. Yes, yeah. really I, I guess I would always say to someone, like, if you don't feel like you're there, like, don't feel bad if you grew up loving animals and thought you would be the biggest, the world's biggest animal lover, and then you had kids and it sucked it right out of you. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have lost your humanity or yeah. that you, you know, don't still have that somewhere in you. But it's like, you know, parenting is um, overwhelming and it takes over yeah. like that part of that nurturing part of you. I think it just kind of becomes rerouted to babies for a while. Yeah. It doesn't mean you won't get it back. And then maybe you won't get it back. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay too. If you never no, have pets, it's the no long, big... it's the long arc that, yes. you know, that, yes. Um, a couple more things I think that are worth talking about is if you don't have pets and, um, your children, you still want your children to be around animals or if your kids are afraid of animals. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that we, I feel like ran into with certain friends who would come over and be super afraid of our dog and just dogs in general. I think ours was a moderate, probably like not the scariest dog, but right. not the least scary dog just because she did jump and she got excited. Um, cause that I think can be hard. Did, were any of your kids afraid of dogs in the, in the years where you didn't no. have? No, I mean, maybe a little, maybe a little nervous around big dogs, but no, yeah. I don't remember that being a thing. Because We've they've always been it. around him. Like someone in the family always had, um, yeah. And big ones, yeah. you know? So well, our kids too, but we, we definitely had some friends who weren't around dogs a lot. And that like, you know, three and four age seems Mm -hmm. to be like prime for, um, you know, those kinds of fears. So, you know, we, we got around it by, you know, I always knew if a kid or if if it was somebody I didn't know, I would, I try to remember to ask if they had any issues being around dogs. And because Kona did jump up on people that, I mean, she was so friendly and she'd never hurt anybody, but it all it takes is once. And then they, she either knocks them down or, and it can be kind of stressful for the kids' parents, I think, because they say, oh, it's a friendly dog, yeah. it's a friendly dog. But, you know, if you've had a kid with a major fear, it does not help to just say it's a friendly dog. I mean, it's a legit fear. So exactly. we've done everything from trying to put, you know, put the dog in another room. The problem with that is sometimes she'd bark, and that mm-hmm. can be as scary as just – so I'd hold her on the leash. And um, one thing I think is really fun for little kids is to go to PetSmart or Petco or your – local pet store especially if they're doing like the doggy daycare thing where kids can watch dogs running around without like needing to be up and in your face with them um that's always my kids love to look at the birds and the lizards and the snakes in PetSmart. Mm-hmm. we're not getting any of them anytime soon but i always tell new moms that pet smart's better than like the zoo because you can right. get right up close and sometimes they're doing cat adoptions and you can get up close to the cats and so you know, if you, if you want your kids to be around animals or be exposed, but they're not in your home, you know, little things like that or petting zoos or whatever, just to kind of make sure the comfort level's there and have them enjoy all the petting without. Yeah. We've done that quite a lot. And I actually have this hilarious picture of of us going to the pet store and having Claire go to pet the the cats. And she's like, look, this cat loves me. And then the cat bit her like right as she was saying that. And she still talks about, she's like, remember that cat? She was super nice. It wasn't her fault. She's like, she was like, defends the cat. Pro, well, you know, of course, of course. Like, it wasn't her fault. I just must have scared her. Maybe I touched a spot on her back that she just didn't like it. But meh, remember, you have that picture of her biting me, and I do like the picture of the cat's, you know, fangs are like, ah, and like <laughs> sinking into Clara's arm. And she's got this look on her face like, ah. But, you know, they learn about how not to touch, you know, how yeah. to, you know, and you don't want them getting bit in the face, I guess, by a huge dog or anything. But that's right. a good way for them to kind of learn that there's limits and 
Yep. No, yeah. and I found like at least at our pet smarts, um, the usually people who work in pet stores really like animals. They're not always the best with people, but they right. like their animals. Um, but we've had like they'll on a slow day they'll get out some of the reptiles because Reed loves reptiles and you know teach him how to hold a lizard or a gecko yeah. or yeah. you know so yeah. it's, they, the there people for. there are nice and yeah so yeah. Um, and then how about pets dying? I obviously I've shared our story but have you with the smaller pets that don't live as long yeah I have to say that like the smaller pets have kind of gone into that night that could night without a lot of fanfare I have to say um we did so I have to tell you this quick story about our our leopard gecko because I don't know if you know this but they can drop their tails off um oh okay if there is any some leopards can't I mean some leopards yeah Yeah, so they, they'll drop their tail if they're scared or stressed or if they think that they're in danger, and they drop the tail, and then the tail flops around, and apparently that distracts the predator, right? and the gecko can run away. Well, that happened when, I guess, ours was like, I don't know, not that old, Jacob was like five years old, and okay. I heard this blood-curdling scream, and I came in, and Jacob looked like he was in a horror, like he'd just seen oh. like a like a ghost. He was sitting on his knees with his hands over his ears, rocking back and forth, screaming. Oh. And I look over and I just see this tail like, <gasps> that would be stuff of nightmares. I know. And I was like, ah, so I had to call John at work to come home and take care of the tail. Cause I was like, I can't pick up a flopping tail. And it just kept going. Like it did. I thought it would stop pretty quick and it didn't. It just kept going. So, but the gecko just <laughs> was kind of sitting there like, Hey, so I put him in, back in his cage, and his tail grew back all weird and stumpy, and he lived another, like, I don't know, five or six years. I don't think it had anything to do with his death. Um, right. But it it was kind of funny. But anyway, by the time he died, I mean, I think everyone was just kind of tired of him. I, this sounds terrible, but yeah, he was just – I don't know. It sounds really bad, but those that's what the thing about those reptile pets. Yeah. Unless someone's really into reptiles, and I mean into feeding them and, like, checking out their environments and all that, yeah. they're, they just kind of lose their luster pretty quick. Right. Um, because they're not cuddly and they don't really do interesting stuff. So no, we haven't really had a, you know, when, when Scotty goes, it's going to be tough. And when Moxie goes, it's going to be tough, but we haven't experienced that with kids yet. How about, I know know you just did. Yeah. Ours was like super intense. I mean, I think the things I'd say, I did Google and read a couple articles on ours because it was euthanasia. We had to put her down. And by the end we were very honest. We, we weren't honest the whole time. I mean, we didn't, we didn't provide full disclosure the right. entire three months that she was deteriorating. Um, but it was gradual and age appropriate, um, toward the end. But euthanasia is a hard thing to kind of explain yeah. beyond just death and, and an animal dying. Um, so yeah, it was, it was hard. And I guess I, yeah, I did kind of Google and read a few articles about talking to kids and how much I always, I always lean toward more honesty and more disclosure, but then you, you know, you do want to be sensitive to what, what's age appropriate. Right. What One thing that I will say is interesting is, um, Allegra and Reed understood it better. Of course they were six and eight. Um, but I think they also processed it more completely. So they were like intensely sad and then they kind of understood it and whatever. Violet still asks questions and talks about death. And first of all, I think all my three and four year olds have been kind of like passively interested in death in a very sort of like (laughs) cute and surface level way. Like, you know, like a bug is dead and what does it mean to be dead? But probably because of the age and because her understanding wasn't so complete or wasn't as mature, um, she talks about it still, you know, three months later where the big kids don't, which I just think yeah. is interesting. So I she's, would still, really, she's still trying to figure it out. 
she's still trying to figure it out. She's still, um, she'll kind of almost make jokes about it. You know how kids yeah. do that when, oh, yeah. when they're a little uncomfortable or they don't know like what, how to bring something up. So I yes. guess like parenting advice wise, I think it's good for parents to know that it's really normal for kids to be curious about death and they don't always, it doesn't always have to be like a big, heavy talk. I like, yeah. I, I've, I've tried to make it more like almost a lighter issue when it not, not the feelings about Kona dying is not a lighter issue, but like being able to talk about like something being alive and something being dead, it doesn't yes. always have to be fraught. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Cause it's part of life, you know, but yeah, it is interesting. And I think, um, yeah, it depends on the age of the kid. Right. You know, when really little, you can, it's almost say nothing and they barely notice. Right. And then as as they get, they yeah, violet's age is probably the trickiest because they're aware and they ask lots of questions, but their understanding isn't going to be uh, quite capable yet. Yeah. You know, three, four, five-year-olds. So that reminds me when, uh, my niece Ruby got a hamster at Christmas. She actually went through like three hamsters this year. It's not, or two hamsters and a guinea pig. It's not been a good rodent year for Ruby and she's very <laughs> into her animals. So it's even yeah. worse. Um, but they found one of the hamsters dead in the cage and Luna, who was at the time like four going on five, they came downstairs and you know, Ruby's crying. And then finally she calms down and Luna goes, knock, knock. And my brother oh. said, who's there? She goes, a widow dead hamster. <laughs> And then Ruby starts crying again. And it was like, my brother texted me. He just couldn't stop laughing. He had to leave the room. Obviously, he didn't yeah. want Ruby to see him laughing. But he's like, oh, my goodness, what? How? But she just didn't so know what to do with it. She didn't. It's it was so sweet because they do. Yeah. Like, she did notice that her sister was upset. And she was trying to, like, right. tell a joke. I mean, you can see how, like, how for a four-year-old that would sort and of. It was sense. just, like, totally the wrong. Like, it just landed like a lead balloon. But, Yeah. Uh, Oh, well, I think probably having some of these like smaller, lower maintenance pets, if that's what you choose to do yeah. in a way, the deaths are easier, you know, yeah, like, a, I, like I a family dog is going to, the stakes are higher. The bond is longer. Yes, so absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Little, little deaths, having little fish funerals, you know, is good in a way for, you know, that to be part of what kids experience without yeah. maybe the total trauma. I would okay. love to hear from listeners who have like horses and stuff that fascinates yeah. me. Yeah, people with like, or chickens, like serious Back. animals, like like livestock. <laughs> you yep. know, yeah, like livestock. chickens. And, yeah. Um, yeah, how do you deal with that, especially when when they're not really pets? Like they are pets, but that maybe at some point uh -huh. they're going to get eaten. Right. You yes. know, that would be a totally fascinating thing to hear from someone else about. So please, if you're in that position, or if you've gone through any of the things we're talking about now, if you're a more experienced pet owner than, <laughs> if you're a more intensively experienced pet owner than we are. If you um, have a less kittens, lackadaisical pet owner than me, I guess. If you have kittens currently that Megan and I can come to your house oh, and hold, yes. let us know. Yeah, we would totally be all about that. We'll just come hold kittens. Um, yeah, I would love to. I would love to hear from people too, and all you know the other pet options that we have not touched upon. Yeah. Um, if you have any dog breed recommendations for me, even though I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning, but I'm still open. Um, if you know of golden doodle breeders in Southern California, um, yeah, reach out to us, email at hello at the or find this episode 71. Um, when you go to the and leave a comment or find us on all of the social medias, all this was socials. fun. Yeah, this was very fun. A little different, a little departure from our usual, but, um, it's a lot of fun. We always want to hear from you guys too. So Yes. All right. I awesome. guess that's, is that good for this week? That's it. We will be back next week. Thanks everybody. All right. See you then.
The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.